This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 85 of Is This Real Life? I'm going to be doing this podcast weekly while in quarantine, so hope you enjoy a few more episodes. This week, Ryan Bailey from the So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey podcast joins me to chat Vanderpump Rules, and we're both in a bit of quarantine blues, so we kind of get deep and dark, and hope you guys enjoy enjoy all of our thoughts on uh, this week's Vanderpump Rules. Afterwards, I'm going to recap The Real House Wives of Atlanta and Summer House and hope that it takes your mind off of all of the stress that's going on right now in our country, in the world. I know it's really tough and I'm thinking about all of you. I also just wanted to share that I am on this week's podcast of Grant's Rants with Grant Rutter talking about Vanderpump Rules. He also is joined by Kate Casey, who's doing a recap of Tiger King. So check out Grant's Rants wherever you get podcasts to listen to that. I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Be sure to find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Mandy Slutsker and on Instagram at ITRL underscore podcast. Stay safe, wash your hands, and watch Bravo. Hi, everyone. I am here with Ryan Bailey from the So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey podcast. How are you hanging in there? Uh, good. Is something going on right now? Oh, is, you know, is anything just, different? Just a little pandemic. No biggie. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the only pandemic I knew was uh, Jackson Brittany's wedding. So, oh, uh, we, if we survived that, <laughs> if we survived that, we can survive anything. You know, we really can. We all came together, and we survived Dog's funeral. Uh, but you know, sorry to jump right into this, but. I mean, that was one of the lowest moments that I, I mean, the fact that Dog is a main character on the show now, and we've now had like four episodes of like mentioning this lizard is in, I mean, it's, it's insane. I'd rather go back to Jackson Brittany's wedding. I think it's, it's crazy. It is. But do you think it's because that's like the only thing Schwartz would talk about to the camera? <laughs> well, that's what I'm like. Is it, I mean, it seems like he can't even keep a straight face talking about, I mean, 
it was one of the most to me contrived plot lines and it it's like there's got to but that's what happens when you're you and your wife are in potentially insanely lazy like there's no yeah. plot line but a dead lizard right so let's jump into we can just start out with that funeral so the lizard which first of all that lizard was born before 2019 i believe <laughs> wait, wait what makes you think that its size I mean, I don't know lizards, but I mean, I, I, I'll trust you, but I don't think Schwartz don't... would like, I don't think Schwartz would look into how old the <laughs> lizard actually is. Because they were like is. 2019 to 2019. But he was saying that he's always been really into amphibians and reptiles. And I, me too. Like I grew up, I had frogs. And then as an adult, I adopted turtles. Um, <laughs> oddly, when I was, it, it was a weird situation. I was doing HIV outreach and there was a man selling like what I thought were like miniature turtles. And to get out of a very uncomfortable situation, I bought two and then went to Petco and was like, how do I take care of these? Like miniature turtles are like miniature bitch. Those are babies. <laughs> <laughs> they grew to be a foot each. A uh, foot. Yeah, they were I've, huge. Yeah. I mean, I'm more fascinated in that you're adopting multiple turtles at a certain age. I yeah, I was in my 20s and I early 20s and I, I kept I had a massive. I ended up buying like a 75 gallon fish tank from a guy who oh had like God. an opium den. <laughs> oh sure, well, well this this actually was should cheaper. Be <laughs> so I got it on Craigslist, went out with a friend, and then used my tax return money to buy what is called a turtle condo made out of plexiglass. So they had their own like basking platform. They had like two layers. So there was like all of the water and then a second floor. <laughs> oh my God. It was insane. Eventually they ended up um, being transferred to a coworker who had a pond in her backyard because they started laying eggs. They weren't pregnant, <laughs> but they started laying eggs and they wouldn't do it in the tank. So I had to buy like a Rubbermaid and fill it with sand and dirt and then like stay at home from work, take a sick day for them to like quietly decide when to lay the eggs. It was it was a oh freaking disaster. <laughs> all, all, Anyways. Okay, by the way, already, already more fascinating than this week's Vanderpump Rules to me. Well... Funny enough, the guy, so it's illegal to buy turtles under four inches. Oh, my, you know, it's so funny. I'm watching that Tiger King documentary on Netflix, yeah. <laughs> and it was all about, uh, now I'm, I didn't realize all of the, you're, you're, you're part of this illegal animal operation. I know. Like. I had no idea it was illegal. So I found out, and I called, the, I think it's like the USDA guidelines or the FDA. I called them on myself. They like switched me like to like eight different people. And I was like, I'm sorry, I like violated this law. I bought these turtles. You know, I didn't know. And like eventually a few days, I got a call back later, like asking for a description of the guy who sold them. And like later he ended up going to jail because he was running an illegal animal trade. Oh, my God. I, this is a long story. I, <laughs> I mean, this like is I mean, weirdest... I mean, really, I mean, I've. I just, I don't even know how to respond. I, and this I is, never thought I would like have turtle, you know, I had them for six years, I think, until we moved them into an outdoor space. And then they went through the normal where they would like spend like five months out of the year underground. Um, much happier, you know, but it was insane. Like I, so 
part, but it's really hard if you get a young reptile to keep it alive, right? So like, you're not supposed to take them out of their space. You're not supposed to, I don't think, have them hang out with you. Like, well, that's all. That's all Schwartz did was like right. put him on like people and like take him out. Like that lizard must have been so stressed out because like Schwartz was like throwing it around. Right, and it, he he said he knew like the basking temperature needed to be like 110 to 115 or something. So how much of that per day? Because you have to have this like special lamp that gives it UVA, UVB, and vitamin D, so that it's like whatever can grow it's like outer I don't even know (laughs) what they're made out of but I remember like it had to be this like special lamp and so what if he was what if the lizard wasn't getting his like light lamp time I mean just just get another dog right another actual dog or a cat or something like you know like you don't need like they're the they're the last couple that should be getting any kind of exotic animal true I mean, that's it, 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 the whole. And also, why would you ever? I just didn't understand why you would then make it a plot line where it almost is like if I had an animal that died really quickly into me getting that animal, I would not publicize it. I would not want anybody to know <laughs> that I was not capable of taking care of an animal that I got. Like, there's no I way know. I would publicize that. No. And they're and they're making like funeral. They, they took. They took more care of the party for dog for the the memorial than actual dog. At the, was it the Mondrian pool? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Mondrian <laughs> has some kind of contract with Vanderpump Rules because every I know like every party is there. They definitely do. That is so funny, though. Like, I I shouldn't laugh. It's definitely not funny that this reptile died, but there definitely is a problem with this season of Vanderpump Rules, and I love the show. But it's just not progressing. It's like I thought it would be more honest, an honest show, given they're actually showing their real lifestyles now, you know, like that they're wealthier and they moved to the suburbs and that whole thing. And it still doesn't seem natural. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, you know, between, you know, some reality shows just aren't meant to be on the air this long. And. I appreciate that the producers are trying to make something out of it and trying to inject new blood. But the thing that's charming about Vanderpump Rules at the beginning is that they actually were all friends. They actually really were in each other's lives. And, you know, I feel like now the show was successful. So they're trying to find ways to keep it going. And, you know, you see this with the Sandoval Jacks relationship is that they've outgrown their relationship because most people that work at bars should not still be friends 10 years later. Yeah. Well, let's dive into those relationships. (laughs) So um, Stassi, well, let's start with like Kristen and Stassi and Katie and then go into the Jacks and Tom of it all. But the whole witches of WeHo. So there's like Stassi, Kristen and Katie who were friends for such a long time and they went into this wine business together. And I bet it was against Stassi's better business judgment to do this. And now you know, Kristen's complaining that she's doing kind of all the legwork with the business with the wine and the other two aren't as into it. And Stassi says her heart isn't into it. And basically their entire friendship is falling apart. I mean, my thought is that this goes way beyond Carter and it's something they don't want to discuss on camera. But what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is definitely... (sighs) 
I think this kind of hit it on the head of like Stasi is, you know, talking about outgrowing people. Stasi is the only cast member, and I, I really do mean only cast member that can leave the show tomorrow and she would probably be okay and be able to keep going um, and be successful. So she doesn't need Kristen's BS or even Katie's BS, but Katie pretty much kisses Stasi's butt. So uh, I feel like, you know, at this point, Stasi just really is annoyed with Kristen and also like doesn't need her for business. She's probably annoying. Stasi has her own projects. And I feel like that's what we're seeing right now. Because also Stasi barely has like a I mean, I feel like Stasi needs her own spinoff or something because she barely seems like she belongs on Vanderpump. It's like really it's like she's not tied in with any of the restaurant bar stuff. Right. Yeah. I my theory, and I, I said this last week, but when Stasi mentioned like a couple episodes ago that Kristen still was in contact with her mom and her sister, I felt like it was a boundary issue that Kristen doesn't respect people's boundaries because she doesn't have them. You know, she doesn't have them with Carter. She probably doesn't have them with her family. And she clearly doesn't have them with other people's families. And so if you're I I have a friend and, and myself as well who've been in a situation where there's a friend and you are going through a hard time with them and they still contact your parents because your parents were really kind to them and had them over for Thanksgiving or whatever it is. And it's it's a boundary thing. It's it's like you are talking to my family and you're not realizing that like my family goes along with me. Like you can't cross yeah. that. And well, I yeah, feel I mean, like we're just thinking yeah. about any kind of breakups like there's all you know, like, I've you know, it, it's a it's a. And by the way, but that, that's two-sided because that's also Stasi's mom participating in that when she shouldn't. Well, totally. But we all know where, what Stasi's mom is like. We saw last season and how she told, you know, Stasi, I wish you were more like Kristen. So after all of that and how that went down and how Stasi and her mom didn't speak for months on end, like, don't you think Kristen would get it through not to keep contacting her mom? That's clearly a sore subject between the two of them. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre. It's of course it is like and and because, you know, Stasi's mom is an older version of Kristen. Yes, very much. You know? And I think, yes, this is. So, oh, my gosh. This is so like Freudian. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's probably what drew her to Kristen, but also what has driven her away from Kristen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I definitely. I definitely think that. I mean, a hundred percent. And I am very interested to see where this relationship goes, you know? Me too. I mean, she said that Kristen didn't get to save the date for her wedding. Yeah, well, I mean, and yeah, I mean, it is funny how that wedding is being held. Well, not anymore because the wedding was in Italy. So now it's effectively canceled. But it is funny how that wedding invite has been kind of lorded over Kristen like you know you might get one you might not like I mean it's like it's so funny that publicly Stasi has been asked about this Kristen being invited to the wedding every interview and that's got to be weird though in a friendship and a wedding and then you have to hear about if you're going to get invited to a wedding on like watch what happens live it's so bizarre I wish that maybe do you think given what's happening with this pandemic and you know, how scary it's getting and everyone's trying to pull together that maybe some of these friendships could be salvaged in the time of Corona. 
Yes, 100%. In fact, I mean, I do I do wonder that even away from Vanderpump Rules is that how I, I think we're in kind of a phase of, you know, I know me personally, I go through a phase of uh, laughter and then sadness and then anger. I think, you know, everybody's going through a huge wave of emotions because we don't know really how to deal with this. But I do wonder if, and I was talking to my dad about this yesterday, is that what he's seen also is that everybody's being a little kinder to each other. You know, yeah. everybody's, if, if you do see somebody at the grocery store, if you do see somebody out walking six feet distance wise, you, you <laughs> smile, you, you, you smile at them, you know? And so I do wonder about, will there, will we get to the point where we forgive, you know, friends that have done us wrong or vice versa, you know? I hope so, especially for for these folks who've been through so much together. You know, when Jax's father died, they all rallied around him. I mean, Stasi was not happy with him, didn't like him and Brittany together, was very vocal. She flew. She went to that memorial service. She supported him. You know, Kristen did. Rachel O'Brien, you know, all the people he slept with showed up, <laughs> you know, and, and it. I think there's something to say for that. And, you know, this is a crisis. And I'm, I'm hoping that that people are able to see, including our, you know, friends on Vanderpump Rules, that maybe this is a time to set aside some of those some of those, you know, bad feelings. Well, I think that I think that's part of the reason why I really am not enjoying liking this season is because I don't love how everybody's bent over backwards to rally around Jack, somebody that has screwed over every one of those people on the cast, and yet he does not do the same for Sandoval or really anybody. It's Jax's way or the highway, and it's such a hypocritical way of thinking and behaving that it's extremely frustrating to watch because he is the benefit of everybody's forgiveness, yet he has no forgiveness. And I'm still even confused what he's angry about. You know, like I don't even yeah. I don't even think he has a good reason. So it's really frustrating sometimes to watch characters like that where you're like, oh, you're saying you're growing, but you're not growing, you know? I think he has a lot of unresolved anger. I don't know what for. I think some people just are angry people. But I think he's clearly everything that's gone on with his mom and dad, like he has not processed, you know? Like, it sounds like his dad cheated on his mom. That's my understanding. His mom was going to leave his dad, and then his dad got the cancer diagnosis. And so he mentioned on the show that, like, his parents didn't have the best marriage and his mom was going to leave. So it already started off on not great footing. And then when, according to him, his mom didn't convey how serious the cancer was, and then he died before being able to say goodbye I mean, that's, I think, a huge source of resentment and anger. And now he not only lost one parent, but he's effectively lost two. So I I think maybe that's part of where it's coming from. But he seemed like he was angry before that. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Jax has been angry for like over a decade now, you know, but I, I I find it frustrating to watch that, though. I think that's another because I'm just like, are you are you like I, I still am very curious about who watched that wedding last week and actually thought it was beautiful and teared up because I didn't I was just like, oh, I just want this over, you know, like I didn't. Yeah. And and th maybe that says something about me, but I wasn't, um, uh, you know, I wasn't like, oh, my God, the romance, you know, <laughs> I did not have any feelings like that at all. Both him and Brittany are so defensive 
to a point that it's just it's hard to like them as a couple because you can't question anything ever, you know, and I get like, no, it's it's... with Sandoval, you know, the timing wasn't the best of when he questioned Jax and Brittany. I really think he should have brought it up before all of that. Yeah, but they're on a show. They're on a show. They have to bring up things for like, you know, like Jax knows, Jax knows how this works. Like, that's the thing. He knows how this works. Like, how about, like, then, like, apologizing for your actions and acting upon them instead of getting mad at the person that brings it up? Right. And he, I just, yeah, the whole thing with the pastor was really crazy. Jax is just angry that he was brought into this and that this, like, instead of just quashing it and being like, listen, this is a guy that Brittany knew and her family knew and they really respected him and they cared about him, but he's not the right person to marry us. So we've made the decision to move forward a different way, you know, and I'm sorry it took so long. We weren't paying attention. He assured us that he didn't say the things that he did. And, you know, we, we took him at his word for all the years that Brittany's family has known him. Like, people would get yeah. that. It's not easy to yeah. break a relationship with a family friend of decades. So, you yeah. know, but if you don't, uh, like, agree with what he was stating on social media, then you need to make that really clear. It reminds me sort of of Kevin Hart when he, in the Oscars, and how he refused to apologize for the gay jokes because he'd made them a long time ago and he'd apologized once, sort of. Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny. Did you watch that Kevin Hart um, documentary series on Netflix? No, I won't because I think he's a dick. Well, you know, <laughs> it, for some reason, it, no, it's, it's a great, that's a, hey, that's a great reason. But the way, but the way, I feel like I watch a lot of Bravo shows where they're complete dicks and I still watch them, but I watched it because I love, I don't love Kevin Hart at all, but I love docudrama. Okay. Um, I love document. And this was like a fly on the wall through that whole thing. And like, it doesn't paint him in the best light. Like also you see his cheating scandal and things like that. So I found it very interesting um, because it, it showed like the way he handled it, even his team, even his close friends were like, wow, you handled that so poorly. And he had to get all the people that worked together, worked for him, his company, which included a, a lesbian woman, uh, a gay man um, where they all like he's, you know, he had to explain to them who that, you know, imagine working for him full time and then having him come out with a non-apology apology. And they got to express to him how disappointed they were and how disappointed they were to work for him. And it was really I thought it was just a fascinating peek behind the curtain of something like that. Yeah, that is really interesting because, I mean, we've had the similar scandals, you know, with the Real Housewives of Dallas and Leanne refusing to to kind of really take responsibility for using a lot of Mexican slurs and just using the term Mexican in a derogatory way. You know, we've had... Which she definitely did, yeah. Yeah, totally. And she kept deflecting and defending and, you know, look at how many Mexican people I've slept with. And it's like, no, this... <laughs> You can't say that. Why don't you know you can't say that? Okay, let's go past that. You should know this. You clearly don't. Let's make this an educational thing. And can you please profusely apologize? But the immediate reaction, I think, for most people, but especially most people who've received backlash before, like if you're famous and you have this like outer shell, tough outer shell, is to deflect and to de- defend yourself and get defensive. When really... It, Maybe because you're criticized a lot of times for things that aren't warranted, you know, 
And then finally, when yeah. it is, they just are like, well, it's just like that. They're always out against me, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like there's no place for that. And I feel like we should know better by now that, you know, it's all right to apologize for things that we do wrong, even un- unintentionally, you know? Yeah. So what do you think of Jax and Sandoval's like friendship? Is it just completely well, done? I- yeah, I mean, listen, I think what we're not seeing behind the scenes is that, and I think he's mentioned this in interviews, is that they don't really hang out. Yeah. Like, they don't see each other off season, and that's fairly obvious. And that's every, like, that's both of their rights. Like, I mean, like, we're not supposed to be, like, imagine, like, if you're, I don't know, imagine trying to move on with your life and, like, you're dealing with somebody like Jack still, you probably would realize that, like, that might not be the best for you and your mental health at a certain point. Right. People do grow apart, and it's okay. So I think that's what we're seeing. But the fact that Jax can't, like, the fact that Jax is so bullish and so um, un ungraceful, uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, he's just not graceful. So, so he just comes at Sandoval in such a hard-ass way. And then not even in the... He does it in the show, but even outside of the show, it really frustrates me outside of the show hearing his, all of his hatred. And I was talking briefly with one of the editors of Vanderpump Rules, and she was saying something happens next week that she's really excited for everybody to see. And I think I think Jax does something very bad pretty soon, and I'm not sure, but I think that might be what she's referring to. Yeah, Sandoval has referred to it, too. Yeah, so I think we're about to see something like that. But, you know, regardless, I think Jax, you know, I think I was always taught with, like, you know, kill him with kindness, you know? Don't, like, why why badmouth anybody? Like, it just, it, 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 there's no place for it, you know? Like, you can, and I guess maybe you're like, oh, well, then there's no show. But to me, he's doing this off camera. He's like, I feel like Jax oh. is really against Sandoval in every interview yes. he get, you know? He's very angry and... I don't know. I, 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 he's I, just, definitely, I just don't see that. I just don't see that anger. Why that anger is there, I guess. I think he, it's misplaced anger. I think he's angry about what happened to his dad. I think he's angry about his mom. And I think he's taking it out on a person close to him. He's just yeah. projecting all of his yeah. frustration and anger. And so he's finding little things that Sandoval does and just totally freaking out because that's an easier thing to for him to like express than for him to actually talk about what happened with his dad and his mom. Yeah. I mean, God, you know, that's what I would really be fascinated with or curious about is, is Jack's get, is Jack's going to therapy? I don't, I think, you know, know, (laughs) we've seen him at times on the show, go to therapy, but is he going to real therapy? Because for the amount of performative behavior he's had around his dad's death, that I hope he's getting some real help around it as well. I hope he's really getting somebody out there that like is really if if Jax is really feeling this way about his dad and taking his dad on on car rides uh, with the box and sitting in the sun with his dad, then I hope he's also taking his dad to therapy sessions and really getting to the root of his feelings because it seems like his anger is kind of spilling out in all these different directions and it's very. Uh, I don't know. It's it's somebody very unenlightened, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, it takes a lot of people a lot of time to grapple with the death of a parent and to acknowledge that there's a problem. You know, of course. Like when my of mom course. died, my brother like 
at one point we were it was a year later and we were in an airport and like a button of his fell off his jacket and he was like frantically searching for this button on this peacoat and he was like totally losing his mind over it and was angry and he was like I'm never gonna have another jacket like like it was just crazy right and I I looked at his wife and was like what this is just a jacket we just like we're at our mom's graveside and she's like Mandy it's not about the jacket it's never been about the jacket and it's I not about like, the jacket yeah. it's not about the jacket <laughs> you know and it's just like hard sometimes for people to really acknowledge one thing I think he's doing is it sounds like he's going to church which is helpful for some people but it's not the same thing as therapy as most like religious leaders responsible ones will tell you like hey it's great that you're coming and you can come talk to me but I'm not a licensed therapist you know and so also I I mean yeah yeah because he always puts the like Christian symbols in his tweets that I am blocked from watching watching from seeing but he puts them all the time I mean, he is somebody that thinks every, I mean, by the way, I'm the same way, but he's somebody that thinks every one of his thoughts needs to be heard. And he, he tweets about everything under the sun. And half the time it's just him thinking he's witty or funny. Half of it's like stupid observation. Half of it's mean. Half of it's about friends, the TV show, half of it. It just, it, the, you know, I think that's why Jax is, I think it's just because it's so hard for me to imagine that somebody like Jax exists because I'm like, how do you, how do you, you can't write this good of a character that is so blind and so not aware of who they are as a person. It, it, to me, it's, and yet there, as much as he tells people he changes, he never does. Right. He changes in different ways, in different ways. But, yeah, but not, but he's still the same selfish yeah egomaniac that he always was he's just finding different ways to be selfish and an egomaniac and this this year he's chosen it to be about how good of a husband husband he is and how much he's changed from the old jacks you know like i feel like he picks it, it's like it's like how pop stars will go like you know when madonna would come back with like a different album and a different look and a different this or a different that i feel like jacks does that with things that we're supposed to celebrate him for or you know it's like oh now i'm like I'm dirty jacks and now I'm saved jacks and now like you know it's like I feel like he changes personalities yet at the core is like the exact same person you are correct you definitely are well what do you think I'm sorry this is way this is way too deep no I love this I usually go with this no because I usually just recap kind of but this is really diving into the psyche and I kind of want to keep doing this but with Lala and Raquel and James because What we saw on this week's episode was, you know, James acknowledged that he was an alcoholic, go to his first AA meeting, be supported by Mm -hmm. his girlfriend, Raquel. Raquel and Lala, who were at odds last season, are trying to mend some sort of uh, positive relationship. And then Lala throws in Raquel's face, one, that she thinks James was drinking again, which he may have been, we don't know. And two, that... um, you know, brings up the Logan rumors of Logan and James having a gay relationship or whatever. And it just seemed really cruel to me that Lala keeps bringing things up that Raquel just doesn't want to hear, you know, just she's not going to accept it. Like, it's like talking to, 
I don't know, someone who thinks that this like pandemic is a hoax, like they're not going to get it like fine, you know, stop pushing it. <laughs> it's just like there's no point. I don't know. I thought it was really mean. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, but I all yeah, I feel like I feel like Lala. I mean, I don't know, like I, feel, I don't know. I feel like Lala is a bully. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's turned into a real bully. And so it's really, you know, Raquel might not accept things, but at the same time, I feel like we're dealing with, and we were confused, I mean, maybe in previous seasons, but I think we're really dealing with a very kind, sensitive person. Raquel's very genuine, and it seems like it, and also very scared, but also somebody that's trying to do the right thing. Like, you know, when she stood up to Lala this episode, I think that's was amazing. You could tell how scared she was. You could tell, and Lala going, I wouldn't waste, uh, you know, I, my time is precious. I wouldn't waste it. I'm like, by the way, your time is not precious. It's not I've watched precious. You on <laughs> I've watched you on Instagram. You literally are in bed most of the time. Like, it's not precious at all. So don't, I mean, I feel like Lala scenes now are just ways for her to show up way overdressed. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like she's, it's like she's trying to like spend thousands on each one of her outfits that she shows up to film in. And this is something that the real housewives of Beverly Hills cast does a lot is that they're trying, like, it's like, she's very Dorit right now is that she's really doing that kind of performative dress thing instead of just being a genuine person. But I, I feel like Lala, it's just like, man, what another falling star. She used to be so genuine and stuff like that and, and really got picked on herself. So the fact that she bullies Raquel, Raquel, is just so weird to me. I, it, it really is an icky thing for me to watch. Yeah. And I believe Lala in what she says about Logan and James. Like they definitely had something going on um, while he was dating Raquel. He also probably cheated on Raquel with other women. Like, oh, 100%. 100%. You know, because I have you ever listened to the podcast with Logan where he actually opens up about what happened? No. It's um, so it's no. the Pump Rules podcast. I don't think they've been recording lately, but it was oh, wait, one wait, of wait. Their... Is this the one where he said DJ James Kennedy hit him? Yep. Yeah, I've heard things about that. Yeah. So basically, he says that for on and off for uh, more than a year, they were having a physical relationship. They were best friends and they would also hook up. And this was when Raquel was still in college and was away. And James obviously has a drinking and drug issue. And when he would be really drunk <clears throat> and we heard, you know, he also combined it with uppers. That's something that Sandoval talked about at the reunion last year. That's when he would really get kind of crazy. And there there was a big fight between the two of them where James got physical and punched Logan and hurt him. Um, and that was the end of that friendship and physical relationship so I don't think there's any reason for Logan to lie and he seems to still be friends with many of the other people on the show but I don't doubt it at all I I don't doubt doubt it it at all it doesn't surprise me at all um you know none of that surprises me I think DJ James Kennedy as much as I think he's very entertaining on the show and I really do hope for you know him to have a great journey or whatever but it um I don't doubt that he he has done many crazy things and cheated and all of this stuff. I mean, he's still also, I mean, I believe he's still very young, you know, like I think he has any like 27, 28. Yeah. And this was happening like like, three years ago. Yeah. He's very young 
And Jax is like 40. Jax yeah. is like 40 and was doing this behavior two years ago. So, I mean, I don't – there is no – I'm not supporting anybody that's cheating or, um, uh, you know, laying hands on people. Like all of that is horrible things. But I do think uh, when you are younger that you do – you do go through, uh, you know, you learn things the hard way. You do hurt people at times. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I hope for the best in people. Like, I, uh, even myself. I mean, I know when I let myself down, you know. But it, it's, um, I, I, you know, he's definitely done all of these things. It's just funny that I'm, I don't know why I'm not annoyed with him as much as I am with Jax. And that's something I guess I have to look within about. I mean, I think... A lot of it comes down to his substance abuse problem because it seems like whenever he's sober, he's kind and thoughtful. Um, It's rare to see him lose his cool and be really angry with there being no substances involved. So, you know, maybe that's I don't know, maybe that's a cop out. I don't know. But, um, you know, I do. It's also I do believe he loves Raquel. You know, I believed Kobe. You know, I I. I do want to say that I do. Wait, actually, I that is so dead on. You're so I'm thinking dead of like on. Kobe loves Vanessa, but loved Vanessa, but like he also cheated on her and definitely raped someone. Like, you know, people are really flawed. Well, also not even people. I, I also have to say, and being one myself, is that men are extremely flawed. We are a different kind of flaw, you know, because we won't admit that we're flawed. Like we, mm-hmm. I mean, like you talk about the Kobe Vanessa thing. You know, is that I do firmly believe he loved Vanessa. He, you know, but you know, people still cheat when they're yes. in love. People still like, like, oh, like people still want that physical attention, that that, or even just that attention. Like, and it, and and for men, sometimes it, it's, it's really, I don't know. I I've noticed this with myself. We're just we're thick headed. We're dumb. We won't admit we're dumb. <laughs> Uh, well, no, no. Like, I mean, I've, I've talked about this on my pod many times. I know all the women in my all the women in my life can run circles around me with, um, you know, with with their work ethic, with um, how they they handle any kind of situation, whether it be tragic, whether it be. I mean, it is fascinating to watch them compared to, you know, if I get a little cough, I feel like I'm dying and I'll let everybody know. And, I, you know, like real. And I feel like I'm. that's not unique to me. That's that's unique to men. We yeah. are complainers. We, you know, like the women, I don't know. I, and this is not like kissing women's ass. It's just something that I have very, all the women in my life are very strong women. And I don't, nor do other men hold a candle to them. And that's why I find it interesting. I hate to like, maybe this is not time. I find it interesting when the one weakness that women have are men. Yeah. Like we're, we're women's one weakness. Like we literally like I'll hear my girlfriends complain about other guys and how they're treated them. And these guys aren't even worth their time. And they're emotionally involved in this kind of relationship that's not even worth their time. And I'm like, you're way better than that person. So it's 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 just so interesting. It's like something that especially as I go on in this podcasting and I have, I think, a primarily female audience um, that it's it's really interesting to. I don't know. It's just it's something I think about a lot. And and you just see it like really amplified on reality TV of like, yeah, well, men make the most mistake. I mean, the only thing, you know, like, I mean, Katie's lazy as hell. But, you know, other than that, <laughs> like she's not cheating. She's not cheating. on. I mean, she's too lazy to cheat on Schwartz. But, you know, like she's there's, you know, 
women are catty to each other and they let men affect them way too much. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Other than that, I feel like they should be running the world. Yeah, I I totally think you're right about a lot of that. It's hard when someone has a long relationship with someone, which most of it is good, right? And then a little bit of it is bad. So you look back to like Bill and Hillary Clinton. Do you think they don't really love each other? Do you think they really stay together decades after the affair? You know, the they there's clearly something there. And so I think Raquel really, not that <laughs> Raquel and James Kennedy are the Clintons, but, you know, like she clearly loves him and wants to be with him, even though he has done dirty by her and even though he has a major flaw. Um, which is his like alcoholism. But now that he's accepting it, I think there's a good chance that they can move forward together. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, supposedly DJ James Kennedy is still sober, supposedly. Like, so whatever he did in this, you know, episode supposedly has, he's not relapsed. I don't know if that's the case for real or not. But, you know, I mean, I, I, if I, but I, I, I mean, what did you think of all those text messages, though? That's pretty insane. It is. And I think he definitely needs to be in real therapy for his underlying anger issues. But um, I, I think that when people, I, I don't know, I'm not an alcoholic, but like when, when people are, it sounds like sometimes it changes their behavior completely. You know, we've all known someone who's like kind of it's like a light switch. They just completely turn different when they drink. And I wonder if he's one of those people. I don't know. It just from what you hear from like Lisa Vanderpump and from Raquel, it's like he switches and he just becomes mean and angry and awful. And I don't think she should necessarily um, stay with him, but that's up to her. Right. And, you know, I think it's really amazing that she's going to the Al-Anon meetings to know how to set boundaries for a loved one who is an alcoholic. I think that's brilliant. I think she's really smart in that way of figuring out the resources and how she was going to get out of the relationship. Cause I believe that she was ready to leave. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I, I want to believe that as well. So, so, so we choose to believe it. So we choose. We to believe it. <laughs> this has been like a much Every darker a podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. You know what's so funny? I was doing my po- I was doing my podcast last night, and I realized halfway through that it was like, I mean, like the times, it was like really dark. Like yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm supposed to be like providing laughs and something like that, and it's like way I'm like being way too serious and introspective. But I, I guess maybe we all are, you know. I think it's just the kind of mood of where the world is at right now. But it, speaking of laughter, I think we should go into. What okay? I can't stop laughing at at Tom Sandoval's extra birthday party. I did get a laugh. I don't know what it is about Tom Sandoval, but he makes me laugh probably harder than anyone else on that show. It's just because, some... oh, because he's committed. <laughs> be, because you, he's committed to being. He, I mean, he is committed to being extra, and he's not done something completely dickish. So you feel all right in laughing at him with him yeah like you feel all right laughing at him because he's not like actively trying to like screw somebody over or you know like he's kind i mean he genuinely seems like a good person you, well, know? you know him right yes yeah yeah he, you know and i gotta say like he is 
he I gotta tell you he is a good person in person like I mean I I he's very the show portrays him very accurately from what I can tell yeah he's I, I'm so not funny. I, you know he's very nice to everyone he's um I, I don't know like he's just been really always kind of the person he is on tv and I always kind of like oh you're exactly who you are on tv you know it's like because if somebody said oh you know when the can cameras aren't rolling Jax is amazing i would find that hard to believe you know yeah but like sandoval is completely the same person on screen as he is off screen right or, or at least how i viewed it no i think he's so i always have said that if i could be friends or if i would have been friends with anyone on the show it would definitely be tom sandoval because he's the kind of person i feel like i would have befriended like in college or like when you're younger and they're just you know someone who has a lot of hobbies right i love people that are dedicated yeah. that like yeah. you like, know I, that's I learned, so fun I to be a magician when i was eight yeah like i yeah and stay I committed I go back to, to childhood it. and get more hobbies I yeah. love that. I mean, Sandoval probably knows how to juggle. He probably knows how to like, he probably knows how to do card tricks. He's guy that n- knows a little bit about everything. He's the guy that learned to like walk on stilts this episode. I mean, I like he, you know, I, one time I was hanging out with Sandoval at, at um, Tom Tom and Miley Cyrus was there and oh. you know, he like, and it was hysterical because Miley was a bit is a big fan of Vanderpump Rules, and I found it hysterical. And like they called DJ James Kennedy on Facetime because she wanted to say hi, and like music was playing, and like Sandoval literally like in the middle of, you know, Tom Tom, which is not a dance club, he started like break dancing, and I was like, that's <laughs> just. And by the way, by the way, no 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 cameras are on. Like they're they're not filming this for anything. This is not on. Uh, this is not on the show. And he just starts break dancing, and I was like, "The dude can't help but be Sandoval," you know. Like, it it cracked me up. Like all of a sudden, he just starts popping and locking, you know. He's so funny, and that trumpet. Like one of my friends and I, we always replay his trumpet scenes because uh, we. It's just so he's so committed. He's not that good, but he's committed and he's into it, and like we love that. We just love it. It's just you feel like you know him. That's why I like the you know the OGs. I feel like I know them. It's harder for me to connect with the newer cast, which feels like it was cast, not that they're natural extensions, the way that Raquel is a natural extension, the way that Rand is a natural extension, you know, because their significant other is in the cast and they've somehow become part of it or Bo. Like that, that is natural, right? When your your friend gets a new boyfriend, you become friends with them. So, you know, it's weird to see this like other group. And I know that we were asking for them so much. We were like new blood. We want new blood. But now that we have the new blood, I don't feel like either a, we need it or B it's the right like group. It just feels very. Yeah. It just Well, the unnatural. chemistry is just, is forced and it's not there. And maybe, you know, maybe, you know, in seasons to come, it'll work itself out. I don't know. Like I, I was saying yesterday, I'm, I'll go down with this ship. I'll, you know, people yeah. are like, well, oh. I'm going to stop, stop. People are like, I'm going to stop watching. And I'm like, I'm not going to ever no, stop no. watching. I might band. hate it, but We're I'm never going to stop. We're the band on the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> <laughs> we will go down. I will, I will watch to the bitter end. This is how I was with the TV show ER. I used to still watch it like well into the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like no one watched it. 
<laughs> no, I like, mean, I, I will, I, I, I will commit to bad relationships way past their prime. So I have no problem sticking with this. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I do enjoy Danica uh, watching her. I think she's interesting. I think she's well. She petty. she comes to fight. She comes to play. You know. And and I do think that's how she is. You can kind of tell when it's like that's who she is as a person, right? Charlie, I can't get my head around. I think she's if kind of funny, weird, whatever. She's like, she's like, I already am extra. And I'm like, who are you as a human? Like, I don't get what makes you you. I haven't learned anything about you, about your life, your family, your dreams. At least with Dana, we know more about what makes her her. You know, like her, she lost her mom pretty young. Uh, I heard on a podcast that like her dad remarried really quickly and she doesn't have the best relationship with him. So it's kind of like her and her sister. She's, you know, really into comedy. She's bisexual. Like we just know more about her and like what makes her her. <laughs> like, like, like Sandoval, she has a lot of hobbies. Yeah. yeah, she's got her things, you know, and and so it's just interesting to to see. And then we've got the Brett and Max and Brett was definitely just cast to be on the show. He said he moved to L.A. like a couple months before filming so he doesn't know anyone and then yeah he's also by the way that's the kind of good looking where he can just be a model he doesn't need a waiter job yeah he uh i don't know he i don't like him i don't like i don't like him and max that i really don't like max i think we're definitely seeing who max is he's super defensive him like talking about 86 scene tanica as if it's like she's gonna sleep with the fishes I don't get I just don't get the hype around Max. I don't get there it. There is no hype. I it's like a bunch of weird but, girls but, that have like, been I treated don't get poorly. Why girls like him on the show that I'm but, just like every time he's on screen he's like sweaty, he's a sweaty mess, you know? He's just I don't know, they they convinced him, they convinced themselves that he is something that he's not. And I don't know if it has to do with him being the like manager at Tom Tom and like that's some sort of social cred. I don't I don't get it. But I don't know anyone that watches it that thinks highly of him. Yeah, I can't imagine after the season airs if anybody's gonna be all up in Max's shit, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. He's and just to be so he's he's got anger issues too. He's definitely pissed at Danica he's angry at Dana he wants people to take him seriously and to believe him but he treated Sheena like crap speaking of which Sheena is a shining star throughout this season she is handled yeah Sheena's been great Sheena's done exactly what she needs to do you know like she's she's there to save scenes she's not you know she's you know that that scene with her at the pool with uh Stassi and Kristen of like hey I'm gonna see Christian and I, is there anything I can relay? Like, I just thought it was such a great way to handle shit talking, you know? Yeah. What I would like to see more of is Ariana's relationship with Stassi and Katie. Because I feel like she has one. They are friends. Maybe they're not the closest friends. But her and Katie, their partners are best friends. They clearly spend time together, you know, at and I think her and Stassi have an interesting relationship. When Stassi was asked about them coming to the wedding, she said yes. Of course, they're coming to the wedding. So she may not get along with Tom Sandoval that well, but she seems to sure as hell get along with Ariana. So I just feel like there's more depth. Well, you know why? There. Because I feel because Ariana stood up to Stassi. Yeah. Ariana stood up with her, but at the same time, wasn't like, I'll never be friends with you. Just kind of told Stassi how it is. 
like yeah. told Stassi, like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not this. I'm not that. And and I do believe she firmly felt that. So I think Stassi saw that. And it was like game recognizes game and like left her alone and learned to enjoy Ariana. Like, right. I don't think they're I don't think they come from the same place as people. But I do feel that they it, they've learned to enjoy each other at least. Yeah, and I want to see that. I kind of don't care as much about seeing the like Kristen, Katie, Stassi arguments. I want to see the unlikely friendships with Ariana and Kristen and Ariana and Stassi. She seems to be able to maintain friendships with individuals without letting it like get all messed up and still have um, a moral compass. Whereas Brittany stays friends with everyone, but has no moral compass. She just wants everyone to get along. So she won't take a stand on anything. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It doesn't... Um, uh, well, I don't know if so. No, I was going to say about Ar- Ariana. That's why it upsets me very much with how Lala has treated Ariana this season. Yes. Oh, my God. I so really, I think that's another reason why I don't like Lala this season is that I feel like she's... For as much as Ariana had Lala's back, I feel like it is definitely not reciprocated. And Lala has leaned into a mean girl rather than somebody that is can bridge two groups of people, you know? Lala has misunderstood what people told her last season after her dad died. She has, like, misunderstood what they were trying to tell her. She misunderstood what Raquel said about how... I understand your dad died, but that's not an excuse to treat people horribly, which is true. And um, I think she misunderstood what Ariana was trying to say as someone who also lost a father and no one gave a shit. No one gave her anything, you know. Dude, Kristen, Kristen straight up bullied her during that time. Horrible, horrible. And she's telling Lala, you, you can't behave this way. You can't act out just because your dad died. You need to find a healthier way to get your emotions out and um and she she kind of gave her the tough love that lala gives other people so she probably was thinking well if this is how lala gives love maybe this is how she receives love so i'll be tough with her and i'll tell her to toughen up and it's come out on instagram and other stuff where lala's angry about what ariana said last year saying she told me to toughen up after my dad died and everything goes back to when her dad died and those months after she has so much anger she's so frustrated at anyone that didn't coddle her and didn't do exactly what she wanted them to do and react the way she wanted them to react it's it's really disturbing that she can't go back and see that people were trying and if ariana of all people understands the pain of losing a father so it really bothers me that Lala. Um, well, yeah. Well, also, you're not dealing with a mental giant, you know, <laughs> like Lala. Lala is not like, oh, Lala doesn't understand. Like, it's a little bit like Jax. It's like it just doesn't. doesn't it doesn't make sense. You know, she's I don't very know. emotionally. I, just, I, she doesn't understand emotionally. I think she's very bright. Like she came on the show. She had a reason to be on the show. She's the only person who was cast and successfully managed to like infiltrate the OG cast and brand herself and do what she wants to do. She kind of came in in like an Erica Jane way where she was like, I know what the show can do for me and I'm going to make it work. But emotionally, she seems to I don't know. She has this weird idea. A a couple of them do. Katie, too, of what loyalty means. 
And it sounds like to them, loyalty is just kissing your ass and not ever calling you out and not ever loving you in a way to make you grow. Well, Stassi says that about Kristen, though. Stassi says that Kristen, like what, like she worships defeat or like, you know, celebrates failure and that she doesn't respect friends that call her out on her stuff. And yeah. I thought that was interesting that Stasi was saying that about Kristen, she you know, worships and I was like, Come on. failure and relishes yes, and defeat. I thought that was a great line. It was like the line from a couple of weeks ago when Sandoval was like uh, hypocrites and people with bad credit, you know? Yes, it's so it's so smart. And it's it's true. I do think Kristen, though, can change. And I hope that. It sounds like she just has boundary issues and I would be pissed off too if after two years I had a friend that was still complaining about their boyfriend and then showing up at my door at 1 a.m. crying about them and then wanting me to like their boyfriend. It's just a weird cycle, but I don't think that's the only thing that they have upset with each other. Well, let's end with some fun stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 why wait, why start now? Why why are we going to do that now? <laughs> okay. Um if you had to be quarantined with let's say three members of the Vanderpump Rules cast, who would they be and where would you want to be physically quarantined? Well, I guess number 1 would be Dog the Lizard. <laughs> okay. No, I just uh <laughs> and I and by the way, I mean I mean, dog the lizard dead. You know, oh, okay. I want to be buried back in the. <laughs> I want to be buried in Valley Village with dog the lizard. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I gotta say, you know, number one, I think. Okay, and this, I think it would be Schwartz because I watched like on Saturday he did a live Instagram where he was DJing in a guest bedroom, and he did it for, <laughs> and he did it for five hours. He literally looked so high, and he was wearing a tuxedo and glasses, sunglasses. And he DJed, he went live on Instagram for like five hours. And I have to say, like, a little weird and potentially annoying. But at the same time, it might be a really fun way to take your mind off the quarantine. Yeah. In person. If you have a couple glasses of like, you know, if you have some um, spritzers and just enjoy. Because he was playing good music. It wasn't like Deep House or anything like that. He was playing songs I knew. And so I would be, I would go number one with him. Okay. Um, I, you know, I would love to say Sandoval, but I got to say, I feel like Sandoval might be too active during a quarantine and like, yes. I might be doing like push up contests and stuff like that. Or like, <laughs> like, I mean, it wouldn't be, he'd schedule it, it wouldn't be enough relaxing. Yeah. It wouldn't be enough relaxing time for me. Um, so, you know, I got to say like, but I got to say Ariana definitely because Ariana, I think would mitigate Sandoval. Like she'd be the go between, and so I feel like a lot of times would be couch time because Ariana would want to chill and she yeah. would be able to talk Sandoval down. So I got to say Schwartz, Ariana, and then hmm, this is a good one. Um, dang. That's why I chose three because it's a lot harder. Yeah, this is uh, – I've always wanted to hang out with Kristen, but I don't think she'd be good during – oh, oh, no, no. I know Sheena. Duh, Sheena. Yeah. Sheena is in Palm Springs. Sheena has quarantined herself in at her Palm Springs house. She's been Instagramming all the stuff she has in her fridge. She is fully she is fully stocked on beverages. I think she would be a blast to quarantine with. And you would I do it I, yeah. at her Palm Springs house? Yes, at her Palm okay. where she is at quarantining herself. I think she'd be a blast. Nice. 
What, oh, how about you? I think I would want to be quarantined at Lisa's mansion. Um, okay. With all the But with animals. Lisa? But with Lisa there? No, and like... not with her. But okay. with okay. Um, her, who's it? Rosie? Rosia? Rosia? The, the maid? Yeah. R- R- yeah. yeah. <laughs> with her because she would know where everything is. Um, but not with Lisa. I would probably want... Um, I think Stassi and Bo would be fun because I feel like they would have fun, but they also would have like alone time because Stassi can't be with people all the time. So I, and I feel like Bo is <laughs> really fun. I saw Stassi's live show uh, back in the fall and they have a very like funny dynamic and I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it definitely seems like they have an interesting dynamic. Well, definitely Bo. Okay. Now it's harder for me to choose Stassi if I only have three. Um, Hmm. I do think I could handle Sandoval. Sandoval, Ariana, and Bo. <laughs> See, so I like, think you know what? I think what it is, I think you're a more active person than I am potentially. <laughs> I think I think maybe you are more active at home and I'm more chill at home. And I think that's because I I gotta tell you, I don't think I could do the Bo Stasi thing because I've seen too much on their Instagram where they come home from bars and they do like a dance party, and I just don't think I could do that. Oh, I could do like, a if dance party. If I listen party. to music, I wanna listen to it on I want to listen to it on the couch with like a spritzer and be like, Oh, I love this song. I don't want to be dancing. Oh, I would be dancing. I also feel like I'd be motivated to do more active stuff, you know? Okay. So we really, we really split on this. Okay. I would, we're, we're I very, feel like we're I'm very being, much in, di- we're very much in disagreement. I, I feel like I'd be, I'm being too inactive during this. Like I'm trying to do yoga classes online and you know, I'm trying, but it's just... see why. See this. This is what I want to. I want to. I, I wish we could come together as a nation and agree that we freeze the economy. I wish we could freeze our our weights. I wish our like. <laughs> I wish I could eat anything I want during this, and our, all of our weights we agreed to stay the same as before the quarantine. And I want like I want two weeks of just like we don't have to like we can just be whatever we want to be, and we will go back to normal in two weeks. Like I just and I know that's absolutely not what the quarantine is, but it's it's um no, you know, I guess I we get can't, what you're saying. We can't choose our quarantine. I feel like for my mental well being to be cooped up inside because I don't have a house, I have an apartment. So I need to be moving or I, I feel like I lose it. And on the days that I'm just working all day, you know, sitting at my desk like hunched over, it's I don't feel good at the end of the day and it's hard for me to fall asleep. But on the days that I go out for like a long walk with my dog, I feel so much better. So I'm trying to find. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm pretty tired, and it's like been hard for me to sleep. So whatever that means, you know. Yeah, it's it's been rough, but okay. I would love to be at um, Villa Rosa for all of this with the pool and all the. I would be in pajamas the whole time, but I do. uh, Hmm. Kyle's house is also really nice. Now I'm just thinking of random housewives. I was like, I was like, wait a sec. She's not on Vanderpump rules. No, no. I, I just started thinking about like physical space, but I would love to be with all the animals. I would like try to get the swans to like me, even though swans are really not nice. Um, you know, it would be fun. It'd be, it'd be, I feel like I wouldn't be bored. Well, I'm glad we're definitely not fighting over whose house to stay in. <laughs> like you, you know, I, you, you, I mean, I feel like we have enough different answers where we're, we're both good. Like we're not going to have, they're not going to have to choose between one of us. Exactly. 
Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for being on. Tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you guys, I do a podcast called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Uh, you you know, maybe, if, I don't know. I feel like I, at this point you guys might know it. If you if you haven't, check it out. They're extremely long podcasts, <laughs> but I put timestamps on them. So you can skip to whatever section you want. If you want to just hear Vanderpump Rules, skip to the Vanderpump Rules section. If you want to hear a funny lyric breakdown, skip to the lyric breakdown. You are under no authority or demand to listen to the whole thing. But uh, I've been doing them for my sanity more than anybody else's. And I'll do <clears throat> extremely long podcasts. So go check it up out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, follow me on Instagram at So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey and Twitter at Ryan Bailey 25. And um, yeah, if you're on Instagram or what that, like, please reach out. I love interacting with people. Um, it's been one of the great joys of doing this podcast is meeting so many. Uh, and I don't mean this in any way joking. It's been like really amazing for my mental health to talk to so many like minded uh, fans like me of all of these shows that have a critical eye and a funny eye. And and so this has been really great. So if you haven't listened to it already, give it a shot. I hear it's like a virus where it sneaks up on you and you eventually <laughs> like it. So, Oh, that's so great. Well, thank you so much for being on and for taking the time. And we'll have to do this again soon. Yes, please. And you're coming on mine. By the way, yes. that's the other thing. Guys, I I, mean, I I am so bad at organizing. And I like, that's the thing. I put these huge, long episodes together because I'm so not organized that every time I try to do like an hour and a half episode, I've given myself too many things where they turn into like three, <clears throat> three hour episodes because I'm just not good at organizing. It's fascinating how bad I am at it. So, um, yeah. Anyways, well, I'll be on there soon and we can chat. Yes. Vanderpump Rules or any of the Housewives or Summer House or if you want to go into some Bachelor territory. Oh, my God. I've been watching for over a a decade. Oh, oh, what a I mean, what a horrible season this past season was. Peter was such a wussy. He was. But Hannah and Tyler have been quarantining together. Uh, See, what do you think of this? Because I am starting to see that's. I bet you love it because you love active things. And for me, it seems like too much work. And I'm almost like, oh, man, like I would rather just watch them lay around on couches. And they're doing all these like bits. I bet you like it. I love it. I love watching it. I think he just lost his mom. Her brother was in a coma for a few days after a drug overdose. Like they've clearly found each other at this like rough time. And are I think they're only showing us the fun stuff, but I'm sure they're having like some serious conversations as well, um, which don't make for good TikToks. But I believe in their <laughs> I mean, friendship. Way, that would be great. Serious discussion to TikToks. <laughs> TikToks you get like eight seconds of a serious. <laughs> Just cuts in at the most dramatic moment of a serious conversation. I know. I can't imagine. I mean, he is such a strong person. Like, he seems so mentally strong to be, like, smiling less than a month after his mom died. I mean, I was a disaster. Wait, do you know how they wound up all in a house together? Um, Like, how did that even happen? Well, I think she went to his mom's memorial service. And I don't know, she may have had a obligation in between, but definitely basically was like, I've got time. They canceled Dancing with the Stars. Like, you know, I'm sure he basically invited her to come back. And he probably was like, I'm not going back up to New York right now. And so she ended up going back there. That's my guess. And all the other people happened to live in Jupiter. 
So I think he's staying at, I don't know if he's staying at his mom's house, what was his mom's house, like with his brother and friends, and she's there. But, you know, she had said something about, like, our schedules never really lined up before. But... Yeah, you know. it's just weird. Like, I didn't know if it was, like, some sort of vlog squad that Tyler manages or something. I don't know. I think... I, I know those are, like, his friends. I know it's, like, his brother, his best friend that's supposed to be on Claire's season, Matt. We don't mm-hmm. know if he'll be able to do that because, like, with timing works for jobs and stuff once she actually ends up having a season. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how it all, like, worked out, but it seems like they both went through some pretty rough stuff and decided to put the brakes on everything else in their life, which is really smart at the moment, and um, are just kind of hanging out together and riding it out, both the crazy quarantine and coronavirus situation, as well as their own, like, personal life tragedies. Because her brother's in rehab now for, he he went through a really bad drug overdose. Oh, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. So that happened right around like the day after his mom died. Um, Tyler's mom died. So I feel like they both had brushes with death. Obviously, his mom died and her brother lived, but he was in a coma for like two days. In oh, the wow. ICU. Yeah. So that's what makes me think that they like are bonding over tough stuff. Even though they're doing cutesy wow. videos, I like truly in my heart believe they are like... <laughs> like grieving together and she's been there for well, him. I love that. I love that you believe that. I believe it so hard. <laughs> Never believed a, in anything more. Quali- it's a great quality. Even if they're not like together, I feel like they're being really good friends to each other right now. I think that's awesome. That's my hope. That's my hope. Oh. Okay. Everyone have a wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful rest of your week. And I'm back with some recaps of The Real Housewives of Atlanta and Summer House. So starting out with The Real Housewives of Atlanta, the ladies are still in Greece in what I believe feels like such a long trip, but has only been a few days. So it starts out with this crazy fight between Kenya and Nini. And we see that Nini tries to actually spit on Kenya, which is absolutely insane. And apparently is throwing or spitting popcorn at her. It is, it's pretty bad. All the women seem especially disgusted with Nini for kind of going that far. Um, I mean, later, Kenya and Cynthia even joke about Nini potentially being locked up abroad, like if she went to jail for what she was doing in Greece. Um, You know, Kenya's mainly upset because she believed that last season Nini called her baby a buffalo. She made some comment like, what is she having a buffalo? Uh, Because... Kenya was large during her pregnancy, which, I mean, looking back, she was definitely not that large, but whatever. Nini seems to think she was insulting Kenya's weight, not her unborn child, but Kenya is very offended. I mean, either way, it's obnoxious. And what's so interesting is that Nini hurls insults so often that she doesn't even remember really saying this, even though it's on tape. So she definitely does you know, apologize to Kenya, who I don't think is in a place to really accept the apology. You know, she maintains like, I apologize if you felt that, if I hurt you, I apologize. But that's almost like the worst thing. Like, 
if you felt this way, I'm sorry, is one of the worst types of apologies to receive. But as far as Nini goes, that's probably all you're going to get. Portia does point out that Nini did call her fat within a few days of her giving birth. And, you know, she accepted it (laughs) and accepted the apology. And then Candy, of all people, is kind of telling Kenya to just get over it a little bit, at least be civil. And she points out that, you know, she was accused of rape and was able to still maintain some sort of civil relationship with Portia. So, you know, after that, you know, can you really argue? And of course, they're still doing this thing where they're, you know, passing the head thing around and trying to air their grievances with one another. It's just not working. I don't know why they continue to do this. But of course, Marlo wants to have a chance to talk to Kenya and get an apology from Kenya about Kenya bringing that marching band to Marlo's wig launch event. And, you know, Kenya brings up that Marlo in the past has been an aggressor towards her. And it's like, you want to come and shoot me? I'm going to bring a machine gun. And that's what I did, which she definitely did. And it's just interesting that Marlo's I think she understands why Kenya did what she did, but it's so unnecessary. Of course, we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for people like Kenya doing completely extra and obnoxious things. But I feel like both Kenya and Nini always seem to take things a little bit too far. And it's interesting to watch for sure. But I think the other women are getting kind of exhausted because they're in Greece and they really want to have a nice time. So... Speaking of nice time, uh, Candy mentions that while she was on Celebrity Big Brother, she became friends with Dina Lohan and mentions that Lindsay Lohan has this beach club in Greece and they're going to go play games there for an afternoon. It's called Lohan Seaside. So they play team building games. And there's a listening game that Nini and Portia actually won, which I found interesting. They also have to fill buckets of water while tied back to back. And then, you know, it seems like everyone's having a good time. When they can be competitive, they have fun. They love games, these women. And it's fun to watch. Later that evening, they have a goddess party where they all dress like goddesses because they are in Greece. And... Candy and Cynthia are joking but plan to reenact a Greek tragedy, which is they actually try and replicate what they hope a conversation between Kenya and Nini would be, where Candy is playing Kenya and Cynthia is playing Nini. Now, Nini does not like this. She gets up as if she's going to the bathroom and walks off. But then you see they break the fourth wall. You see that she tells producers that she's going into the house and she's like, don't fuck with me. Don't you dare fuck with me. And you see this producer, you see this producer telling her, like, calm down, you know, and she's just don't play games with me. And I don't know. I feel like Nini just always takes it to another level. She always feels like she's being tricked into doing things. I don't think she really wants to be on the show anymore, but she's too proud to stop being on the show because she thinks it's her show since she's an OG. So 
I don't really know where this is all going to end up. I'm kind of exhausted by Nini this season. I'm not enjoying her quips the way that I used to. And I just kind of want to go back to watching them have fun. I want to see more Portia. I'm enjoying Tanya. You know, I'm just a little bit tired of, of Nini. So moving on to Summer House, which if you guys are not watching this show, you really should be. It is such a joy. It's still earlier, you know, in its seasons than some of the other shows. They're not self-producing as much. I feel like the producers are messing with them. So what I've been wondering while watching this is who is a true castmate and who is a friend of? And I don't know if it's clear to them either, because in the very beginning of this season, it's, you know, showed the main cast who who had which room and all of that. And then you see Jordan showing up. And is he a friend of? Is he not? And, you know, next week they're going to have this whole fight with is he going to get kicked out of the house because him and Jules. But I'm getting ahead of myself. But I'm just wondering if other people have thoughts on this, if they really know who's true cast and who's not, because like Danielle shows up and then she's gone. And it's just very interesting. So it starts out with Kyle and Amanda and their moms having dinner. They acknowledge to their moms that their relationship isn't in a great place and they're a bit in a bit of a funk. And the moms actually, they seem so sweet and they seem to really understand the issues that their kids are going through, know their kids love one another and are trying to kind of help them through it. It was really cute. Kyle and Amanda's mom actually shared a bed um, in the house and they stay overnight. It's so funny. In the morning, they ask each other, like, how'd you sleep? Oh, pretty good. And then one of them was like, I heard Luke playing his guitar. I mean, I can't imagine he's playing it like for himself. And then it cuts to a, a, a view of Luke just like laying in his bed, playing his guitar and singing alone. It was incredible editing. Um, that same night, the rest of the cast is at dinner and they're all asking each other about their relationship status. And someone says like, okay, raise your hand if you're single. And Luke does this, like he kind of bats his hand back and forth like a so-so. And everyone's like, wait, what, Luke? Like you just made out with Hannah last weekend. And he's like, well, I've been talking to someone. And it turns out while Hannah was with Armand and he didn't think anything would ever happen, he pursued somebody else named Elena. We're not sure where that's going, but um, Hannah and everyone else is really, really taken aback. But at the same time, I think, you know, Hannah was also flirting with Luke a lot while she was with Armand. She did not tell Luke right away that she was seeing someone. It took a little bit of time. Someone else brought up that she had a boyfriend before she did. So I feel like she's kind of getting a taste of her own medicine, maybe. So um, then we see Kyle's mom and... Amanda's mom leaving, but Kyle's mom does give him some tough love, which I really appreciated. She says, I will always love you because you're my kid, but Amanda doesn't have to love you. And you have to think about what comes out of your mouth before you speak. I think that is beautiful and wise. And I think all of us could learn something from Kyle's mom. So then the moms leave and the parting begins. Jules 
talks about how it's Jordan's birthday and he likes to be choked during sex and she plans to handcuff Jordan to the door and undress him. And meanwhile, Jordan has already shared with everyone else at that like that he's not as into jewels, which is weird because it seems like he gets into a girl and then immediately isn't interested in her. There's just a lot of lying and deception and confusion. And I feel like no one really knows who Jordan is. Well, when she tries to do this, he gets really mad at her and She's like, I'm not asking you to marry me. I'm just saying, let me do something sexy for you for your birthday. So they get in a fight and Jordan ends up saying that he's going to sleep on the couch downstairs. He tells everyone that Jules isn't the one, but does not tell Jules this. So he's sleeping in the living room and Jules ends up opening up to all the girls about what happened. And there's this confrontation where they're like, well, let's go talk to him about it. And I think she handles it really, really well. You know, Jules clearly thought he really liked her. He gave her a lot of signals that he liked her. And then out of nowhere, he just kind of backtracks. And someone brings up, well, you said, you know, you would take her home to meet your mom. And then he takes that back. He's like, well, I would take all these girls home to meet my mom. It's like, oh, my God, Jordan, you're so obnoxious. Then we see Lindsay still upset over Carl. She started dating this other guy the other week uh, back in New York, which I think is good for her. But she seems to still be very upset over having lost Carl as a friend. I don't fully understand Lindsay. She's kind of a mess. She's very emotional. And she's not very clear with why she's so emotional. And sometimes you don't know why you're so emotional. And that's okay. But it's really hard to understand. I think she's very upset with Carl for having convinced her to cross that line from friendship to more than friends and then immediately pulled the rug out from under her. And I would be pissed, too. Um, You know, he says, you mean so much to me and I want you to feel respected. Uh, I wish I believed that he actually felt that way, but I don't trust anything Carl says. And then says that next week he is having Sarah, the girl from Barry's boot camp, who he somehow convinced to continue to date him despite that horrible date we saw on film last week. Um, He invites Sarah to come the following weekend for Kyle's birthday, and she agrees. But when we look at the preview for next week, we see that Lindsay goes to Cancun, Mexico. So Lindsay won't be around to see what's going on with Carl and Sarah, which is probably a good thing. Again, if you guys are not watching, please be sure to tune into Summer House. You have no excuses. I know most of you are stuck at home right now. It is a great show and lots of laughs. And if you have time, you should check out Paige and Hannah's when they do Instagram live from, I think, at least Paige and probably Hannah. I think they're staying with their families right now. So they're very, very funny. And they're doing these Instagram live posts from quarantine Highly, highly recommend it. Anyway, I hope you all stay safe. I know it is a really crazy time, but we'll get through this together. Love you guys. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? 
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.